Hello and welcome to Now We're Talking. I'm Elizabeth E. Lames, your host, and our co-hosts are Sheree. How are you going, Sheree? I'm great, Elizabeth. So excited to be here for the first episode of Now You're Talking. Yeah. And our other co-host, Susan Knapp. How Hi. are you, Susan? I'm really great, Elizabeth. Yeah. Thanks so much. Very excited. <laughs> so, hey, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Really good, really good. I've been actually on purpose. I've been doing some. T- I've been prioritising what's important to do instead of being caught up in all the extra bits so much. Oh yeah, oh, I love that. You. I'm a bit the same. I've been. There must be something in the moon this week or something because yeah. I've been pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about now. So what's um, yeah. What's our take on NOW? So NOW is an empowerment collective, which means it's about bringing members together who are women on purpose in our own right, doing our own businesses, but coming together because we, we really value the aligned sort of synergy of values and the access to each other, the support we and encouragement we can give each other in staying on purpose. Mm-hmm. And we um, activate purple people, purpose and planet <laughs> and co-create what we would like to see in the world now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just want to sort of do a little plug about our campaigns. I love our campaigns. Community First Leadership, Esteem Towards Women, Looking After Our Future and the Importance of Belonging and Purposeful Enterprise. Everything we need. Activating Purposeful Mm. Enterprise, yeah. Yeah, so important. Everything that we need as individuals, as Mm. communities, and as the planet. Absolutely. And that is now. Okay, so we're going to go to a break. And coming up is Susan Knapp from Intuit Africa, the CEO of Intuit Africa. You're listening to Now We're Talking. Feeling my way through the darkness, guided by a beating heart. I can't tell where the journey will end. But I know where to start They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me So wake me up I don't have any plans 
Wish that I could stay forever this young. Not afraid to close my eyes. Life's a game made for everyone. And love is a prize. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself and I. things. Where are we going? Somewhere we belong. Welcome back to Now We're Talking. Our guest today is Susan Knapp from Intuit Africa. She's the CEO of Intuit Africa. How are you going, Susan? Really good, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, a pleasure. So, Susan, can you tell us a little bit about what um, Intuit Africa is and why you created this amazing project? Sure, I would (laughs) love to do that. Uh, Well... I think I probably before I tell you what Intuit Africa is, I need to say just a tiny bit about myself because it's sure. sort of interconnected with Intuit Africa. Uh, so I was born and raised in Adelaide and at the age of 21, straight out of uni, I upped my life and moved to Kenya. And subsequently, I've spent 25 years teaching abroad in Africa, Asia and the Middle East, returning to Adelaide um, just three years ago. And so when I came back to Adelaide, I never actually thought I would come back to Adelaide. And when I came back, there was some things that I was seeing and feeling and um, that really made me need to activate um, a purposeful social enterprise model. And I decided that my, my heart centre for doing that is actually in, in Kenya. Mm-hmm. And so it was, that's how InterEd Africa was born. Okay. Wow. So so how long did you say you were in Africa for? So I stayed in Kenya for the whole of the 90s, mm-hmm. um, but I really actually consider myself to be very much at home in Kenya. So even when I left living in Kenya, I moved to Malaysia. I spent 10 years living in the Middle East, but I was always in and out of, of Kenya and running businesses from Kenya uh, my children are Kenyan, so we're we're very um, ingrained in in Kenya. Yeah. Mm. So you better tell us what Intuit Africa actually does. Sure. So thanks, Cherie. So Intuit Africa, our mission is to create purposeful enterprise that transforms communities. 
And um, the big picture of that is we build development programs in Kenya and Rwanda. We don't use a, a charity model. We use more of a social enterprise model where our intention is to co-create with people on the ground to create a more equitable humanity. And so that's the big picture of it. The small picture of our purposeful enterprises is done through my three children uh, who are based here in Adelaide. They are aged 17, 11 and 7. And the three of them each run small social enterprises here in Adelaide, the profits of which then feed into development projects in Kenya. Wow. So it's a family effort. It's a family effort, you know, and I think that we we really, um, something that I found was lacking when I got back to Adelaide is is our real sense of community and um, just, just being connected. And I think if we can actually flip that to starting that with our children, then intrinsically they're going to grow up feeling connected and feeling that they are active contributors to a greater humanity, even if they are only seven. Mm-hmm. And how did you manage the last 18 months? <laughs> <laughs> so in we only opened our schools in, we built our schools in 2019. The children and I travelled to Africa three times that year to build the project. And our schools officially opened in January of 2020 and closed in March due to the pandemic. So that was um, an enormous pivot for us. We'd only been open for two months. It's ended up being a huge blessing in disguise because my colleague who I work with on the project is based in the UK. And what it's done is it's activated a lot of creativity and resourcefulness in how we're running our operations. So with schools closed for the whole year, we were able to activate a dance troupe when the restrictions eased a little bit in Kenya. Through that dance troupe, children in Kenya are learning um, life skills and skills that they wouldn't learn had they been engaged in an academic setting. They've also become published illustrators. Um, We've started a choir. We have made lots of global connections that we wouldn't have been able to embed had we not had that pause. So we had our reset literally before we'd even started. Wow. <laughs> wow. And so what's your, the main learning? What do you think the main learning had from that sort of interruption, yeah, disruption? I think so many people have said to me that they can't believe I haven't quit And now our schools have reopened and I manage all of our operations through my phone. I do recruitment, I do teacher development, I do training, everything through my phone. And I think one of the things that I've learned when you're you're working around community and you really know your purpose, quitting is not an option. Mm. So it's it's so much more, um, it's deeper when you, you pivot and you keep trying. And because quitting is just not an option. And Susan, um, have you seen a ripple effect of these schools that you've built in Kenya through the communities there? We've seen an enormous ripple effect, Cherie. And just if I give you one example, our, our 
um, students who live where there's no running water, no electricity, have become illustrators. We have published a collection of books. The books are being sold here in Australia. Every book sold gives a child in Kenya a book, which we are then using to do some digital um, literacy development lessons with those children. So small example, um, enormous, enormous impact. Mm. And how can people find you, Susan? So people can find us at www.interedafrica.org, um, Instagram, Facebook, InterEdAfrica. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What an inspiring story. Thank you. Thank I you really so appreciate much. you having me yeah. on. Thank you. You're listening to Now We're Talking. Give us a call on 821-23599. Birds flying high. You know how I feel. Sun in the sky You know how I feel Breeze drifting on by You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life For me And I'm feeling good I'm feeling good Fish in the sea You know how I feel River running free You know how I feel Blossom on the tree You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life For me And I'm feeling good Dragonfly out in the sun You know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun You know what I mean Sleep in peace when day is done That's what I mean And this old world is a new world And a bold world for me of the pine You know how I feel Oh, freedom is mine And I know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life It's a new dawn It's a new day 
so good I feel so good Welcome back to Now We're Talking. Today's campaign is Community First Leadership. And uh, yeah, so uh, what is that? What is Community First Leadership? So it really involves creating new systems and, you know, looking at our world, you know, through that lens. You know, what, what is it that we can change that's going to support humanity through community and through new leadership? Mm-hmm. And it's also then how we create new initiatives, isn't it? Um, uh, because uh, if we can do, and those initiatives take cooperation, so we really need to find each other as human beings and and do some good stuff Absolutely. together. Yeah, and I think that we, um, it, it's when you actually set that intention of community first, it it drives everything you do because we understand that community are people, planet, purpose, mm. and. It, it just drives your intention and, and it keeps you on that line of integrity. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, I, yeah, I think one of the things that people forget is, you know, that you, you need to seed an idea. As a leader, you need to seed an idea or or seed an idea with somebody within a community for, to make things happen. You know, th- that was something that I learned, you know, I'm such a solo character, usually only child. And um, <laughs> but the truth is, I learned big time that you actually have to have a community around you to make things happen. And we all we all want to create social change in our own way. Or make a difference. Yeah? Absolutely, yeah. Elizabeth. Absolutely. And, and if you look at uh, Eastern cultures, um, African cultures, they they do a lot of things that are embedded in community, mm. yeah. and it really activates mm. your soul and your purpose. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you know it's been really interesting, hasn't it? The last eighteen months, sort of living with this stop-start access mm, to community, sure. like mm. even in terms of facilities that we use to meet in or to to gather yes. in. And thank goodness that um, we've got so much open space in our city. Mm. Um, and especially here in Adelaide where we've got beautiful parklands because mm-hmm. there is a sense that we can go to those places and, you know, yeah. and see other people, talk to other people, you know, a yeah. bit more safely at times than yeah. than inside, you know, yeah. air-conditioned buildings. So yeah. yeah, That reminds me actually that I, I remember when I was working with those women back in, you know, 2012 and when we'd come together and often there'd be this sort of stagnant moment um, and which, you know, press my buttons. But what I realise now is actually that's called collective trauma. And when groups come together to create change, their collective trauma comes up to be healed. And look at the, the collective trauma that's been ignited um, through COVID. Oh, you yeah. know, we have this enormous collective trauma that, that's been activated. And what's happening is if people are not, um, if people get embroiled in the fear connected to that we forget the the core importance of community mm-hmm. we sort of retreat into our points of isolation which then um, creates so m- so much more trauma mm. yeah and we actually know that you know human beings we're always driving to changes that make the world a better place but change is always a bit scary and then when there's you know a new germ mm. on the horizon and when we all get mm. scared and focused on that fear we can kind of forget we can it can overload us and we'd have no energy left for the change the good stuff 
that yeah, we were doing, sure. and we can almost put that aside, which mm. is just such a waste of our human, you know, heart yeah. and endeavours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, I you know what I know now is that it's in the community where we co-regulate our collective trauma. Ah, yes, mm. yeah. yes. So you know, we often think, oh, we have to go away and and yeah. deal deal with our staff, yeah. but in actual fact, we actually come together yes. and heal this collective trauma. Yes, you know, and sure, we have our individual trauma, but when you come together, and and because this was a women's group that came together, women definitely have a collective trauma from centuries. Sure. So, um, yeah, so it's actually a allowing that space to heal us. And don't you reckon that during this time we've kind of got really out, who who is in our closest community has become quite well defined to us? It's a chance to kind sure. of go, yes. wow, if we can only connect with 10 people safely, you know, who are those 10 people that really help support my sense of purpose, um, who, who do help to co-regulate my trauma? You know, mm. like, who is it? And and I think it's it's also what, what you're saying about those, those people, Sheree. I mean, I found that a lot of people, um, when I returned to Australia, a lot of people don't speak to each other. You know, oh. there'll be a family conflict and, and it will result in people oh. not speaking to each other. And, you know, mothers don't speak to children and grandparents and, and this sort of stuff. And it's like, actually, step out of that and really value those people that are part of your community. It shifts everything mm. and lifts the resentment and just makes everything more peaceful. Yeah. Mm. We're going to go to a break now. Um, yeah, so remember, you're listening to Now We're Talking and our next section is going to be about keeping the conversation going. And we invite you to be a part of that, calling us on 821 
Welcome back to the show. Okay, so keep the conversation going. Why is it so important to keep conversations going around the required awareness and action that's needed? I think conversations is how humans connect. If we talk with each other, we generally you know, engage both our head and our heart, and that's really important. Then we mm. get into what matters, actually matters, to, mm. to put our energy into. Mm. And through those conversations, we... We actually, by, by saying things out loud and having conversations about it, one, it activates growth and development, but two, it also creates a unity because we quite often find that we all share the one story. And so just by keeping that conversation going, yeah. it's, it's a unifier. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it also, you know, I, I agree with you. And there's a, it gives people another perspective. For sure. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you sort of have this idea about, um, you know, what your views are on, on a situation. Mm. But then be, because it's your, you know, maybe privileged white lens that's looking through that. Mm. But then uh, you might talk to somebody else and they give you a whole other perspective, you know, through an open conversation. Absolutely. I know I love having conversations with people who have a different opinion to me. Yeah. Mm. Because if mm. you mm. if you actually go into mm. a dialogue like that um, from a place of respect and mm. grace, the amount that you learn... Mm. Is, is stuff that I would never learn mm. if I'm always speaking to people who share my opinion or share my beliefs. Mm. And that sense, you know, that's old saying, never judge a book by its cover. For sure. And my mm. goodness, we just, you know, there's yeah. so much truth in that, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> that, that reminds me, Cherie, you know, <laughs> with this work, I've got this thing that I call the, the, the thinking wars. Mm. So sometimes in conversation, people will be sharing with you their view on something because that's the way that they process something. So, But in co real conversation, there's connection. And if we can connect heart to heart, yes. we learn that we can actually hear other people's truths and yes. still know that we have our own, but... We, that's how we get that perspective and and respect for other people that that they we're not we are the same but we're not if you know what I mean mm, yeah absolutely mm. and and one thing I would add to that Elizabeth is I think that young people do that much more intuitively nowadays I know with my children my my daughter um, 
it's they have this beautiful heartfelt connection. They haven't been as corrupted as some of us. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so you can find us on our web st- website at www.now-collective.org um, and all of our socials, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Um, so I hope you can join us next week for our campaign topic, Esteem Towards Women, and our featured guest will be Eddie Blass. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Thank you Susan. Yes. Thank See you soon. Here you soon. <laughs>